0: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California's largest wildfire of the year continues to challenge the more than 5,000 firefighters battling the blaze. The Dixie Fire has burned nearly 193,000 acres in Plumas and Butte counties with the blaze merging with the smaller fly fire to the east of it this weekend. Much of Plumas County this morning is under a mandatory evacuation order. Crews were able to take advantage of cooler temperatures yesterday, but there are concerns about increased wind gusts in the next two days and dry, hot weather later this week. CAL FIRE's Mike Wink says, along with fighting the main fire, crews are trying to prevent hot spots from popping up.
1: By doing this backfiring operation, there are less fuels for it to get into, for it to then spot and for the cloud formation, the pyrocumulus to develop that would bring those uh, embers aloft
0: The Dixie Fire has destroyed several homes and structures, although crews haven't been able to fully assess the damage. Meanwhile, the Tamarack Fire burning south of Lake Tahoe has charred more than 66,000 acres, but some of the mandatory evacuation orders in Alpine County have been lifted. All told, more than 7,200 firefighters are battling six major wildfires across the state that have burned more than 456,000 acres altogether. Let's turn to the pandemic. For the fifth straight day, the Los Angeles County has seen daily COVID-19 cases top 2,000. The number of newly hospitalized is nearing 750. The highly contagious Delta variant of COVID has been blamed for the surge in cases across Los Angeles and California. And it's not only affecting the unvaccinated, as public health officials in LA County first said in June. 20% of the positive COVID tests were people who were fully vaccinated. And that's concerning to many people who are tracking the spread of the Delta variant, like Andrew Neumer, a professor of public health at UC Irvine. I always knew that the low in cases we were seeing in the spring was not going to be permanent, that there would be another cycle or or more cycles. But I did feel in mid-June optimistic that we could have the summer off, so to say. Neumer tells the California report that while it's still true most of the hospitalizations are among those who are not fully vaccinated, there are people who have come down with serious symptoms even after getting their shots. He says those who are vaccinated but are at greater risk from the virus should consider measures like wearing masks as a preventative measure. To say that uh, even vaccinated people should mask is is not something I I take lightly, but you know the numbers are just it's incredible to see such a rise in the middle of the summer when when typically respiratory viruses are less transmissible since the beginning of the month LA county has seen a 135% increase in new cases And as the COVID Delta variant spreads, public health and elected leaders are pleading with unvaccinated Californians to get vaccinated. And they're using increasingly stark language. Here's Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti speaking at a vaccine clinic in South LA over the weekend.
1: You're either gonna get the vaccine or you're gonna get COVID. And we know only one of those two things can kill you. So you make the choice, the vaccine or COVID.
0: Other officials, like State Senator Sidney Kamlager, spoke out against vaccine misinformation and conspiracy theories that stop many people from getting a shot. In parts of Kamlager's L.A. district, fewer than 60% of residents have been vaccinated.
2: If you're
1: pregnant, it's okay. If you're breastfeeding, it's okay. It will not cause infertility. It will not cause impotence. You will not lose your brain. You will not be hooked up to some... Martian in the sky that will control your body. It is okay.
2: Motivate yourself to stay alive and get the vaccine.
0: After months of hesitation, Michael, who's 72 and didn't want his last name used, finally decided to get a shot after hearing the speakers at this clinic. We talked to him right after he got vaccinated. I was really skeptical about the vaccination, you know, because I'm a God-fearing man, and that's what I believe in. But it just happened, I just stumbled up here to that that, door and I listened to the people talking, so I came on here. Why were you hesitant for so long, Mass? Didn't know where to go. Didn't, I don't like standing in line. I don't like waiting on nobody. I don't like too much of being told nothing. That's why I've always been independent as I am. Mindy Johnson brought her adult son to the clinic for his first COVID vaccination. But convincing him wasn't easy. And I've been asking him for months. I took mine in February and March, and he said it wasn't something he wanted to do yet. And then he changed his mind. So I made his appointment and drove him here. <laughs> what was like, kind of the closing argument, do you think, to finally get the vaccination? This new um, virus that's so bad, and it's affecting the people that are not vaccinated. How do you feel about so many people that still aren't vaccinated, people who you love even?
3: I think it's crazy. It's like you're taking risks because I had people close to me die
0: from it, and it was just hard. When you lose somebody to this, it, it just shakes your whole world. Things are never the same. Roughly 52% of L.A. County residents have been fully vaccinated, although more than a million are still ineligible for the shot because they're under the age of 12. And young Black and Latino residents continue to have the lowest rates of vaccination in the county.
2: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just...
0: California industries have sent manufacturing jobs overseas for years to find lower wages and fewer regulations. But as the drought tightens its grip on the state, some businesses might have an additional reason to leave, the search for cheap water. KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb tells us about the importance of H2O to LA's fashion industry. Think about the clothing you're wearing right now and how it was
1: made the material, it's design, it's retail cost, and then there's water. It can take a lot, more than 700 gallons for example to make a single cotton t-shirt. For Sean Zahedi, who runs Lafayette Textiles in the city of Vernon in LA County, water use is a perennial worry. Yeah, it is so water intensive and obviously it does translate into a higher cost of manufacturing especially here. Roughly 85% of California, including LA County, is experiencing either extreme or exceptional drought conditions right now. The highest level there is on the US Drought Monitor scale. And that means water costs are up. And if things keep moving this way, mandatory water restrictions could come back. Something former Governor Jerry Brown did for the first time in the state's history during the last drought. Hilsa Metchek with the nonprofit California Fashion Association says those rules prompted many in the fashion industry ecosystem, like dye houses, to leave the state. And if you're in a dye house, the water has to run all the time. That is not a problem in Mexico, where water conservation laws are often not enforced. Mandatory water cutbacks are not on the table yet, but earlier this month, Governor Gavin Newsom urged residents to reduce their water use voluntarily by 15%. And with some of the state's reservoirs at historically low levels, high temperatures too, mandatory conservation could come soon. For the California Reports, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Vernon.
0: Even when the state isn't in a drought, some of California's Native American communities face challenges getting safe drinking water. A recent study by the State Water Resources Board found that nearly 40% of tribal water systems in California are either in violation of drinking water standards or at risk of violating those standards in the future. Jonathan Rash is Deputy Director of the Division of Sanitation Facilities Construction at the California Area Indian Health Service.
3: The tribes have real challenges with successful operation and maintenance of their facilities. I would say primarily financial challenges because throughout the state of California, many of the tribes are very small. They have a small user base, a small land base, so they don't have the economy of scale to get the funding they need to operate them at the level they need to be operated.
0: For more perspective, the California Report's Keith Mizuguchi spoke with Chairman Bo Mazzetti with the Rincon Band of Lusano Indians in San Diego County.
3: Every tribe of California has need for additional water infrastructure development. Uh, for example, in the old days, when I say old days, in the 70s, most tribes, when Indian health help tribes develop their water systems, uh, they put in like a four-inch line. That's a four-inch diameter water line. Well, that line, for example, will not sustain a long distance. It will not sustain fire hydrants. But people don't realize most of the tribes do not have fire hydrants because we don't have the diameter pipe, which is a six to eight inch diameter pipe that you could put a fire hydrant on. So when we have fires, we have very little ways to really fight them, fight the fires. The other thing is we don't have the water storage storage ability to fight fires. So yes, every tribe has a need for infrastructure uh, improvement and development. Every tribe in the state of California. Are water rights for tribal lands still an issue in the state? Going back to the Groundwater Sustainability Act, that's one thing I'm personally proud of. Within that Sustainable Groundwater Management Act that was passed and signed by the governor, Governor Brown, there's a special provision in that where the state recognized indian federal reserve water rights they're the first state to ever federal reserve water rights acknowledgement in legislation california so i'm proud of the state for doing that and understanding it the biggest problem with tribes are we're kind of out of sight so we're out of mind when legislation and different things water necessity is needed assistance is needed tribes have to try to scrabble and find what they can With drought conditions worsening in the state, how concerned are you about what it will all mean for tribal lands across California? It's a major concern. As the wells drop, then you you would get into, if you have a well, the water table dropped below the existing well depth, uh, what you have to do is go in and then deepen that well. If you're fortunate to be able to hit more water, you have to deepen that well. Again, that takes time and that takes money. I know most of the well drillers. I'm also a licensed well driller, so I have a little background in that area. Uh, they're all busy. They're busy. So what our tribe's looking for, uh, we have communities around us trying to develop some kind of a relationship and a contract to be able to tie into some local system as an emergency backup system for our tribe. We're working on that. Uh, not all tribes have that opportunity. You know, it depends where you're located within the state.
0: That was Bo Mazzetti with the Rincon band of Lusano Indians talking to the California Report's Keith Mizuguchi. Let's turn to the Olympic Games in Tokyo. The U.S. men's indoor volleyball team is 1-1 and so far in the competition following a loss to Russia earlier today. We've been tracking three-time Olympian and middle blocker David Smith, who grew up in Los Angeles County, and asked him about what life in the Olympic Village has been like.
2: Everybody's masking. There's sanitation stations all over the places. In the dining hall, we're pretty much individual seating with little glass plastic partitions between everybody who's eating in there, so it's not... It's the same thing, but there's definitely a little noticeable differences. The men's volleyball
0: team's next match is tomorrow night against Tunisia. And that is the California Report for Monday, July 26th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a good day. Support for the California Report
1: comes from Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor, personalcapital.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food, on the web at theschmidt.org. And Blue Shield of California, closing the health gap since 1939. Learn more about their commitment to quality and fair health care for every Californian at news.blueshieldca.com.
2: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
3: Showing your support is easy and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED podcast too at donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast.
2: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.